Hey, welcome to the show. Today we've got Paul Price from ISA Global. Thanks for coming on. It's been a while since we were uh, chit-chatted last. How are things going? Pretty good. I'm in Stockholm eating meatballs, so I'm, you know, I'm always happy. Okay, here. all right. Um, yeah. Feel free to... Uh, Life on the road. It's, it's, it's a good yeah. time. It's a good time. I was uh, yeah. fascinated last week. I saw an article that you wrote on uh, the complex systems architect. And I thought, well, not only do I love that because complex systems and complex adaptive systems are just what I like to geek out on. Um, yeah. But it's timely right now. But it's also such an interesting, like, contradiction of complex systems and design and architecture. Um, so w tell me a little bit about this complex systems uh, architect. You know, I... I have to be honest, man, I, I, I would rather call it the mechatronic architect, right. uh, you know, and doing research for the article and doing research for the specialization. Uh, you know, we're working with um, individuals from manufacturing, from defense, from um, aeronautics, from, you know, all the different kind of highly involved mechanical, electrical and software technology systems. And I tell you what, we bounced into this mechatronic architect and I was like, I just want to be called right. one of those. Right. right. You know, like right. I just want that title. Right. But the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the basis for it is that technology is converging into um, the world. Right. So we're, we, it's, it's the, the, the systems that we build today are, have to be globally connected, um, you know, self-driving cars, uh, you, know, uh, boot, you know, shoes with sensors in them, um, you know, op what we call operational technology, which is just the standard technology that we were using for manufacturing, but now automated and connected to the entire ecosystem and all this stuff. So in working with that, they're traditionally either called physical systems architects or cyber systems architects, or just systems architects. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like there are three, 400 of these folks that work in the product division at like Lockheed Martin or, you know, Northrop Grumman, and they make, well, I make secret stuff that governments buy right. to blow up other governments or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so we're really excited about this because it's, it's been a traditionally, traditionally it's been this kind of thing over there and the EAs, the IAs, the software architects, the infrastructure, they've all been IT yeah. and, you know, yeah. never the twain shall meet. Right. So, so we're, that world is dead. That world where those two groups don't work together is going away and emerging out of that are people that build physical, complex, adaptive systems that integrate with uh, all of the management, sales, uh, operational, mm -hmm. uh, or you know, yeah. management systems, that, and, and that's and that's that's what we're focused on is is bringing those architects together. Okay. Maybe we should probably explain first uh, to some what the difference is between complicated and complex. You know, like a, a trans a transmission well, is complicated, but I, we can know what all the known states of that transmission are. Um, but an ecosystem yeah, and we is can't say that, and we can't really talk about the the you know the 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 thought leader that uh, you know put that out there because he's got a whole framework. He's very very it's very much is and it's very good. But complex and complicated, complicated uh, are traditional sort of discrete problem spaces mm -hmm. um, that 
that you know may have uh, algorithms that are complicated. They may have you know multiple working parts. However, they don't reach a threshold of connectivity and independent uh, action and processing that transform them into complex systems. And complex systems, by definition, are many interconnected small parts mm -hmm. that depend on each mm -hmm. other, like ecosystems, you know, like the uh, biological ecosystems, like the human body, where one small part may then have a, uh, a, a, if it functions in an odd way, may actually have impact on something that seems very, very disconnected from it. But if you trace the connections through, uh, can have, uh, you know, the butterfly effect and all of these kinds butterfly of Butterfly effect is phenomena. a great way to talk about it, yeah. So there's, yeah. you know, yeah. complex systems, all complex systems are made up of uh, simple primitives that have, uh, yeah. you know, behavior. And the interactions of those behavior create uh, complex behavior or complex uh, complex systems. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like maybe that's, we hear a lot about the word emergence now, um, you know, but that seems to be what it is, that the, uh, uh, a complex system emerges from simple primitives. So from an architecture yeah. perspective, is that sort of uh, figuring out what the, what those simple primitives are and then what those rules are of those rather than a, a, well, a, a so model? I want to. I want to differentiate between the, the, the complex systems and physical systems architect that we're proposing as a specialization okay. and complexity okay. as a science, okay. so, which can impact okay. all of our specializations. So, I mean, business ecosystems are complex, mm -hmm. right? That if you look at global supply chain issues related to COVID, that's complex, right? If you look at um, women in the workforce related to uh, different types of industries and in different cultures and things, those are complex. So business problems can be complex, but so are uh, software systems. So can hardware systems be. The systems architect that we're proposing is a kind of physical systems architect, but that rings a little old. Okay. Um, so this is a high, that, that specialization. Now this is gets into some, kind of boring stuff of architecture as a profession um, that people don't that, that people like to argue about but don't want to think about how we make the sausage and that is the specialization of systems architect is much more about uh, deep uh, penetration of the technology into traditionally mechanical electrical systems like again like satellites okay right? Where your average IT architect's never going to work on a satellite. Your average software architect's never going to work on a, you know, mission critical system like a nuclear power plant or, you know, some of us may be doing embedded work. But when you think about kind of uh, the, 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 these defense systems, the airplanes we ride mm -hmm. in, these really big, or really tiny things, you know, right. um, the colliders and things like that. Those are our physical systems or complex physical systems architect specialization. Right. So much like an infrastructure architect does data center, software architects do, do traditional software within a, a boundary, um, and business architects do business technical systems for a, a heavy business outcomes. Uh, you know, our complex systems architect is about these mechanical electrical systems um, in the defense, aeronautics, okay. oil and gas, energy, and infrastructure spaces. The, um, the complexity as a topic in the Bitabok is 
an entire topic area for our body of knowledge that all architects have to address uh, or may have to address in their career. And more and more of us are having to deal with complexity, even in something as, as simple as putting an app out in the, the marketplace. Um, because so much of our business is now linked together uh, with devices and with technology that we're effectively not launching an enablement app. We're launching something, you know, like a new species right, into right, an ecosystem. Right, right. Right. Well, it sounds a lot, your mechatronics uh, would sound a lot like the fact that nature in and of itself, whether it's a, a small collider with a, with a, you know, a small particle quantum level hmm. versus, you know, or a, a satellite, those all have to interact with nature in a way a lot. Yeah. So as what you're talking about yeah. is a mechatronics, uh, uh, specialty yeah. is how do you deal, how do you map the complex nature of the, of the world to those kinds of things that have yeah. to interact in it? Um, and it seems like, you know, yeah. the only way to model a complex system is to assume it's going to, it's going to fail all the time and deal with that. Um, there seems to be well, and if, a lot of uh, potential. For in that. fact, you're, yeah, you just nailed it. Right. And that is, uh, these are systems that that is the probably one of the the most critical aspects of this area, right? Robotics um, and robotic systems is they have to interact with environments and be able to deal with failure quickly, right? I mean, they have to be able to adapt to uh, failure modes and strange, um, you know, entrance. Mm -hmm into these areas. So we do a lot more analysis on these systems than we would your traditional sort of like retail system or something. Um, that we do a lot more uh, adaptive uh, control. Mm -hmm. Also, they tend to have a larger impact if they go yeah. bad, right? So, you know, uh, you know, when Boeings don't fly, you end up with serious ramifications. Right. Um, right. Right when nuclear power plants don't contain the, the the explosion properly and the waste properly and all of those things don't happen properly, you end up with bad repercussions. So again, these systems tend to deal with um, very intense environmental factors that potentially are volatile. So you know you get to that VUCA stuff, the volatile, uh, uncertain. Uh, complex or complicated and ambiguous, um, which are our friends, the Swedish governments. Now, Barry O'Reilly talks about complexity a lot, and I, I like his work in this. Um, when we deal with physical systems, well, the reason we're pulling this out is because, again, these have been a very segregated group of architects from the traditional EAs, right? The IT folks, the, you know, if you go get a job at IKEA as a software architect, you know, you you're not doing a lot of satellite deployment. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe know. a flat pack, you know, that's how do you get that thing to fit in the box? That's a little bit, you know, that's pretty, <laughs> that's, a, that's as complex adaptive of anything, you know, but seriously, yeah. Wow. Yeah, when they, when they start do, dropping them with drones and then actually robotically setting them up for me because I can't follow stupid instructions, right. you know, then- Well, that's ironic. Then, then we'll be getting- well, I'm an architect. I don't follow orders just, well. Yeah, design the <laughs> systems and the uh, uh, instructions emerge. Well, yeah, yeah. you said it earlier was a, it was a hybrid uh, approach to it. So that's pretty interesting because there seems to be a bifurcation right now 
a lot of uh, traditional design and architecture, not just in like IT and software, and a lot of uh, hand wringing and pearl clutching in that space. Uh, hmm. And some of it's not. A lot of people are just really excited right now with it. Um, and then there's sort of like the completely uh, other David Deutsch end of, of the spectrum of, uh, you know, we don't even need to design it. It's just going to it's going to go where it wants to go anyway. And you just spoke about uh, a hybrid uh, earlier. You know, how is that hybrid approach somewhere in the middle between the EAC, you know, uh, accelerationist crowds of people like the Mark Andreessen's, uh, Gary Tan, mm. uh, you know, go 100 miles an hour versus the, the doomers on the other side that are talking about, you know, we've got to slow it down. We've got to control it. We've got to put a box around it. Um, probably both ends <laughs> of the spectrum could use a little hybridization. And so in the real world of what you're dealing with right now, how do you, how do you see that as uh, working? Well, so the, the real world is a little bit of both, as you said, um, if, you know, if we can do it, somebody's trying to do it somewhere, whether or not that is something we want for humanity or not. Um, now, when I say somebody somewhere, I don't mean necessarily in Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, there are a lot of places on the earth you can do things that are illegal in other places on the earth. So the question becomes, what do we uh, do our societies want? This is why technology itself is such a fundamentally interesting thing right. uh, these days is right. it, and why I see the emergence of architecture as necessary is because we don't want to have one way of approaching these problems you know it look the the traditional launch pathway for a medicine is about 12 years okay do you want to wait 12 years for a cure to covid no no adapt uh, we we adapt to the things that are possible via experts and and you know again my problem with the go 200,000 miles an hour th crowd is yeah, okay, I'm going 200,000 miles an hour with the leadership of idiots, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't have any trust, societal trust in a vendor community to choose for us what's best when they sell the same stuff to us, yeah. right? That, my problem is self-interest in the marketplace right now, right. and that's it, is that there is no voice of the professions, the, the, the rational thinkers, the, the, the people that are looking at evidence. I mean, okay, think about it this way. We live in a world where a group of reasonably well-educated adults has agreed that the Gartner hype cycle <laughs> is freaking legitimate. Right. Right. Like, right. let's right. invest trillions into stupid ideas, go through a trough of disillusionment. Everybody get, right. you know, we pretend life. we didn't right. do it. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? Um, so, yeah, so effectively it's like, how fast do we want adoption to be? Well, I would suggest that's probably r relative to the number of people's lives we could destroy. Mm -hmm. right. right? That's basically yeah. it. Well, it depends if it's on good for like us. who's in charge, you know, if the, if the uh, you yeah. know, the politicians are in charge, well, we might as well just pull the plug. Um, and I think the accelerationists well, it's, it's, uh, go the far extreme and say, well, the it'll regulate itself. That's kind of some of the stuff I'm working on now is how do you get this, if it's so smart, right? If we've got uh, emergent artificial intelligence, 
how do we get it to regulate yeah. itself? That seems like that should be, you know, we're homeostasis, you know, all systems could have homeostasis. Maybe that's the design of what we need to do is to make a system so that it's completely fail safe by, by itself and that it's motivated by itself to uh, turn inward towards itself and, and regulate it, it uh, by its own self. Well, I mean, you know, your Godel Escher box would tell you that the self-referential system is the one that will possibly emerge as a general AI, but with a, with a, oh, well, thank you very much. So, uh, so you know, having, looking at that, I mean, again, right now, AI is, a the generative AI is effectively a useful sensor toy. It's a good right? sensor. You know, to me, it. Yeah, it's a good sensor. It's a good it's a good way to auto generate the stuff that'll go at the bottom of this YouTube video. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Like yep. um but gen genuine creativity and genuine idea of how to apply that and when to apply that contextually. Well, I'll just put it this way. My hotel room cannot connect to my damn phone uh to validate my Netflix account. Okay. So, I, you know, I don't, the reason why those link to me is if we can't make streaming and identity recognition work in a, in a, in an ecosystem, yeah. you're telling me we yeah. really want to have, you know, where generative AI is going to spread. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A couple of companies have killer case studies and everybody will spend billions of dollars with the vendors to go switch to it. And then all of those business cases will collapse because they don't have the, the 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 ecosystem doesn't support them and then we'll find a few emergent business cases that it applies well to we'll then grow some of those you know if it emerges uh in, you know if intelligence emerges wonderful man i'm down with that but then we're going to have a new sentient species on our hand to deal with and we're not really great with our own species yeah. yet so i'm really worried about the the stakes and the pitchforks and things like that and blowing up data centers more than I am about like yeah, what, what, what business. Yeah. Well, you make, you make several like, good points in there. The question of creativity and the definition of what that is. I think David Deutsch would tell us, you know, that's the, that's the definition of what is knowledge and intelligence. Um, and, you know, LLMs, you know, and GPT uh, are great uh sensors in paris and they do a, they have a good functional job and they're a really uh, interesting statistical approach to this uh meaning neural networks and it's to me it's like you can't really it's not a knock at all on the fact that llms are amazing and the fact that they hold together fifty thousand gpus and you know vacuumed in the entire internet and every single paper that's ever been done hmm. um but it's there's not a linear definition. There's not a linear connection between LLMs and how good they're going to get. Chat GPT five, six, seven, eight. Mm. It's not going to lead us to AGI or sentience. Right. It is a. It's any more than uh, you know uh, any other data structure that is uh, efficient and wonderful and has brought us great things like you know being able to go to the moon. That didn't lead, that's not going to lead us to AGI. It might be part of it, but there's AGI, if it ever happens, if we ever figure out how to get there, is we have to figure out what is artificial creativity. Until we have artificial creativity, mm -hmm. then we don't have artificial knowledge creation, and we don't have uh, a real true AGI. So I really don't worry at all about what LLMs could do, aside from the fact that it might make the Pope wear uh, a really cool puffy jacket granted yeah. granted it's it's a lot of you know there's it's great for deep fakes and that is a societal problem but i the the mm -hmm. fact that uh nobody's going to let an llm run a nuclear power plant 
Well, and I, I think though that this, this goes to your, your point is absolutely uh, tr valid that no, you know, that's not where we're looking at the applications um, that every technology seem uh, these days like this has a, a you know, a, a dual impact that we don't, that we as technologists tend to not take seriously. Mm -hmm. So deep fakes are funny when it's the Pope in a puffy jacket. They're not funny when it's, uh, you know, a, 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 a woman or something whose ex-boyfriend then puts a, you know, a, a, a fake video of her doing something explicit on the internet. Right. So, and when they make that possible or right, the, the, the kind of, uh, the, those kinds of sort of horrible scenarios that have long-term impacts on human lives. Like then the, uh, the other thing I worry about in terms of it, it's creation ability. This is, and this is something we'll, I think it can get better at mm -hmm. is it's creative ability. I don't know. Um, is it is excellent when it digests. So if you think about it, it answering medical questions, that's cool. When it digests really radically controlled human knowledge. So think about what it, digesting there, mm -hmm. right? The body of knowledge of medicine, right. which is unbelievably well curated. Like a very ordered system. And it takes millions of thought of, of human minds to curate that body. I know because we're trying to create an architecture body of knowledge right. and continuously improve it. Right. And I'll tell you, the, the amount of crap that gets into that from humans is bad enough. Yeah. When it effectively takes that and then answers some direct questions, a single generation away from that, then it's awesome. What happens when it digests its own production? Right. Well, it, that happens is, now. Yeah, that's my point. Is you look at the studies of what happens in two generations where it consumes its own material, then consumes its own material, two or three generations down from that of the LLM learning it begins to degrade to just crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even even pure... if you just try to take a, something that you're an expert in now that you have some concept, common knowledge, it's almost like reading a newspaper article by uh, a journalist who spent five minutes on Wikipedia and is writing about some kind of complicated system. And you're like, yeah. I can't even read this <laughs> yeah. article anymore, right? That's what seems to be yeah. with, like G, with uh, GPT-4 is if you ask it, uh, complicated uh, programming uh, questions. You can ask it to explain some code and it's pretty good. If you ask it to write some code to do a certain thing, it's 50-50 that it's gonna be garbage, right? So to me, that's kind of the test. I go through all these different LLMs and I say, hey, you know, write this, do this, give me a haiku, but you know, write some code. And it's usually pretty much wrong. But like you said, if it's an ordered system like what do we, you know, uh, explain uh, how homeostasis works? It's going to do it. It's a really good search engine and it's going to give you a, yep. a, a really good uh, uh, maybe bringing together a lot of different answers into one coherent statement. But you're right. As soon as it yep. starts to uh, go into that second generation of it, it goes out the window and it doesn't have any way to know uh, if it's right or wrong. It's just sort of parroting it. Uh, I mean, you know, so and I, 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 that's why I'm not really worried that it's going to do anything uh, damage wise, because I don't think LLMs are what we're going to be doing as far as artificial intelligence. It's like the killer app, though. Right. Everybody was like, wow, I can actually do something with this. I don't have to learn pandas and pie chart and uh, how to program in Python and set up my 
Conda environment. And, you know, it's like 43 hours later, you still haven't done anything with, uh, with, a, with a neural network for, for, the, for a layperson. But for a layperson to come in and throw a question in there and get something back, passing, you know, ELISA and the Turing test, it's a pretty amazing thing that makes people realize, wow, there is something to this here. I can understand how we might be able to apply this, you know, whereas otherwise they're saying, I don't really understand what linear regression even means. And I don't care. And I don't understand how to apply it to our, our hamburger stand here anyway. So stop talking about it. <laughs> so those of us that have been in this field for a long time, I was, you know, it's like this year seems to be like, wow, we've got this great killer app uh, for it that is allowing people to say, wow, that's really amazing. But we're also kind of at the IBM 286 PC stage where we're like, here, you're going to put this on your countertop in your kitchen and manage your recipe cards. Isn't computing great? You know, and uh, I think that's kind of yeah. where it's at with it. I don't think that IBM 286 that manages somebody's re uh, recipe cards in the kitchen at this stage of where LLMs is uh, really is going to be uh, uh, where this is going to go. But it's going to be a great part of a, a larger ecosystem, right? And that larger ecosystem of collective intelligence, which has a lot of humans in it and humans in the loop. You know, that's what we but need this to is design. Where I go that's what we need to get into. I, I honestly would go back to this is where the, I'm actually really thrilled about the emergence of the, uh, this, this technology uh, for a few reasons. One, it is in the face of the public. Again, it is it is rapidly threatening P yeah. uh, certain yeah. roles and questions and, and and things like that. Second, you know, when technology like this comes out. Um, you know, for a long time, technologists have been both in front of the curtain as well as behind the curtain. And most, quote, normal people, uh, people who don't enjoy fiddling with technology behind the scenes, are more than happy for everything to kind of look easy. You know, uh, Alexa, turn on my yeah. lights, you know, um, yeah. that kind of thing. They're also more than happy to allow organizations and individuals a kind of free pass right on failure because as long as they don't have to know how it works and whatnot then and it doesn't really impact them too bad um then we can kind of say well okay that's technology that's for you know it's gonna fail all the time uh, when, as we get more and more impact in society this is why i've been doing i mean this is why i did isa is i i honestly believe I, you know, I run a nonprofit. I honestly believe the world needs a wake up call when it comes to not the technology and standards, the technologies and standards, but the class of people who make decisions about the application of technology and standards okay. in certain circumstances, right? So that, you know, you know I, I, we always say, oh, oh, you know, well, anybody can do brain surgery. Right. Why? Well, honestly, it's reasonably cheap. It's reasonably cheap. Okay. Well, we do in my oh, circles. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's it's reasonably it's much cheaper than going to a brain surgeon. Right. I mean, the mortality rate significantly higher and we tend to call that murder. Right. 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 But the, the, the point is, you know, as society said, look, OK, there's a certain class of problems in medicine and construction. You know, buildings are not designed by lay people. The reason is they tend to fall over and kill a lot of lay people, right? right? So, it, it, you know, we kind of, my problem with the technology world is nothing to do with the technology 
or its application. I think there are amazing business cases for AI, for LLMs and for machine learning. I used a form of machine learning to get my first chief architect title. The problem is, is you have effectively the least trained, lowest cost individuals in the world making the decisions about whether or not to do to use that technology right. or not. Well, I think that almost right. comes around we, full circle. It's like, you know, a complex systems architect has to design those primitives, those inputs with the yeah. failure modes in assuming that there's all going to yeah. be a failure mode to make a complex adaptive system or to design a proper one, we have to figure out what the failure modes are and allow for them. Yep. Uh, is that what, is that what we're talking about? Is that what we're, well, that's so, path yeah, so, for so us? I uh, think, cause I think that's not a slowdown like kind of a thing. That's like the only way to get to an accelerated future where this benefits all, all of society is to uh, build these systems, not as brittle pieces of, uh, uh, you know, like you were talking about medicine. I mean, that's a, that's, that's an ordered system, right? These are, the real the world out there is chaos if we're going to unleash uh ai onto it in chaos we have to deal with chaotic systems which means we have to design for and implement and build right into all of this the failures the failure state is the norm yeah. and start with that that seems to me like where you know a complex systems architect we need a lot of them yeah, well, we need a lot of them and we need them at a much broader level in society. So startups. Uh, so again, you know, like if you open a restaurant, you're going to have an accountant, you're going to have a lawyer, you're not going to have a full-time accountant, you're not going to have a full-time lawyer, you're not going to have a full-time. You haven't yet really needed to hire a technologist, right? If you've even got, you know, a, a medium business or a small business in the, in the U.S., in the U.S. market, could be considered 50 million, you know? That's still, those people now need a highly capable specialist to help them. So there's a carrot, not just a stick, right? Yeah. It's not doom and gloom. Right. It's yeah. about, there, there are a class of systems that we do not want out of control. We don't want them for our kids. We don't, you know, those same people that talk about, yeah, let it all out there. If I said, okay, we're going to let all of your children's private medical data and all their conversations and pictures, and we're going to put it in the hand of that LLM, they would go, oh, wait, except for that. Right. Right. So again, there is a class of things that require professionals. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. the problem is in our technology field, we don't have any freaking professionals. Now, I mean licensed or rigorously certified and board certified, uh, capable, independent, ethically bound professionals that we can call and go, hey, Paul, give me advice on this. And if it goes bad and you 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 hurt people, you're liable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the civil right? engineer yeah. Uh, version of, of, of it. So yeah, yeah I mean, and, that's, and, and, to deal with complexity, we need to have the civil engineers of, uh, of complexity, particularly for you know, public goods that, you know, are uh, existential yeah. crises in there. Um, do yep. you think, do you think there's ever a world where that is also, is that where, can the, can the, those kinds of architects design systems such that they are then able to design uh, themselves and utilize the right kinds of failure modes as built into it? Is that, is it like turtle, can it be turtles all the way down? Is that where, can we do that? Do you think? Not like tomorrow, um, but, you know, maybe by the end of the week. 
Yeah, yeah, and by the end of the week, if you mean the next uh, ten to twenty years, yeah. it's going to happen no matter what, right? You know, and again, it's a uh, there will be a lot of variability because again, it's the it, these are the first global systems of systems, right? I mean, yeah. again, most of these fields have been designed within limited context areas. Right. And I say limited in the sense of, you know, the country of France or here in Sweden, right? So civil engineers or or lawyers or, or, or you know, doctors or whatnot. Um, and they're ordered, very they're tightly ordered systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they emerged over hundreds of years, well, of, of people figuring things out for the way they wanted it to be in that country. Now, how we do this is a bit more complicated because you're more than likely to have your uh, complex systems built in countries around the world, right? So I can have hardware built in Singapore, mm -hmm. software built in Brazil, you know, all sorts of, com you know, complex uh, dependency and supply chains, dependency management, all those kinds of things. So it's a lot bigger of a problem. So we need a lot more of them. Um, and again, it, this only applies, this doesn't slow anything down. It, it slows down the stuff that you already want to go slow. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I, I challenge you to, to introduce me to somebody who wants to put their family to fly overseas in a, in a plane designed on a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. Right. And constructed the next in a, in, in a two week sprint. Right. You know, I, yeah. it's Certainly just don't want to do stuff. it the way we make software. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, you but know, that's, 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 that's really, I mean, it nails planes it. Are run by, yeah, yeah our, our planes are run by software. The point is that, that there is no differentiation anymore, yeah. right? We build, we, we think, oh, let's build software because everybody's thinking about systems that don't freaking hurt people. They're thinking about like, oh, well, if Amazon, you know, retail goes down, who cares? First of all, a lot of people with credit cards yeah, and, you know, like if you look at Home Depot and you look at the target failures, right? So their security breaches, right. like 75, 150 million credit cards. Uh, their stock price took a like three day dip and then they were back to business. Nobody gave a shit. So what I'm curious about is, you know, what was the actual people cost to that? Because Home Depot didn't worry about it. The credit card companies were all covered with insurance and stuff. But what about the little vendors, the, you know, flower vendors or whatever, who just had their transaction canceled? You know, there's, yeah. there's somebody who takes the hit yeah. now. There's always unintended on consequences. We've got a design for and they're that. Getting, yeah. And they're getting in front of the public now. Yeah. So our failures yeah. used to be kind of like behind the scenes and nobody. Yeah. Eh, well, Raytheon. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, something blew up yeah, in the yeah, desert. Yeah. 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 Now our failures are impacting directly our business models mm -hmm. and may or may not kick us out of the leadership of our field. I mean, you know, or of our, uh, the competition may eat us alive. That's what I've, I've, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people, particularly those that are knowledge workers who essentially are human versions of a model that they've created and they're implementing that model in whatever it is with their clients, you know, and it's, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them are scared to death of, of AI because we can take whatever they do and get back from an LLM all of your uh, uh, slide decks and we could, you know, essentially recreate McKinsey here for a minute, um, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, to me, it's like, well, why not use that in a way to, you know, sort of 100x yourself, right? Um, that that seems to be the way that, that you could do that, you know, and right now it seems, I think what you're onto uh, is pretty important, right? This whole complex systems architecture uh, 
not only just the certification of it, but just in and of itself, just bringing it to light and talking about that moving forward. There's a whole entire world of people who, who are knowledge workers who are going to be impacted in a negative way, just like there was when we came out with the printing press. You know, there was a, a lot of scribes who, you know, were, were on Twitter at the time. I remember when the printing press came out and they were really upset about the fact that the, their pen and quill weren't going to work very well anymore. And, you know, we've got to be able to take those people and bring them into that world. You know, maybe this is the upgrade to that at this point, right? We've got to have an entire, mm -hmm. we've got to have a lot of people that can do this, right? There's a lot of people out there that are good systems thinkers, right? Just mm -hmm. in that in and of itself, to me, that's, I think one time you told me, I said, why do you do this? Why do you run this nonprofit like mm -hmm. this? And you said, I just like to fly all over the world and hang out with architects and talk about architects and systems yep. things and stuff, right? And I, and I was like, wow, that's actually, that makes total sense to me, right? And there's a lot of people out there that are great systems thinkers that could yeah. bring them, so, you know, if, they, if, if everybody kind of morphed themselves right now into this uh, hybrid of a complex systems architect, dealt with it from an AI perspective, but dealt with it from a fa the failure mode um, and kind of got over the fact that, um, you know, the model that you've been selling for a long time now is not as valuable. The value proposition isn't what it was a couple of years ago. Um, but now you can take that knowledge and really 100x it. It's not just like make it a little better. Like you could explode uh, your ability to not only make a living but have uh, great impact on that. Is that kind of is that the is that the end goal here? Is is that what we need to? Yeah, do? I mean, so you know, I think that that, that it, what. The, the world I envision, what's hard for me is that the world I envision is, is so much better with this existing than without it, yeah. right? With these things existing, right? Again, it was great. We used to, you know, uh, I, I use, Mel you, you said civil engineering and my stepsister is a civil engineer and she wanted to be one since she was 14, mm -hmm. you know, and there are millions mm -hmm. of them around the world. And that's why we have roads that are, are dependable and we can drive all over and we can fly all over and we can, you know, live in, in, in comfortable places and have neighborhoods and city planning and all that stuff is not, is because that profession enables a level of quality expectation at a societal level, right? right? So I right. can build a road in Tennessee and a road in Bangkok and a road in, you know, and they'll roughly speaking, be able to stay on par because the profession exists and people get paid to do great stuff. It doesn't have to be a monstrous company that funds this thing and, and sets that standard because companies don't set very good standards for themselves they don't they, they don't it's not about policing because mm -hmm. you know again civil engineers mm -hmm. are not building uh, are not inspectors yeah. they're not governance right. they're liable they're builders yeah. they're they're there to bet with you right so the world i envision is every company executive would have a a, a qualif enough qualified architects to be a kind of digital nervous system for their company right you want to make right. technology work for your bottom line yeah. get freaking people who are truly invested capable excited about using technology in ways that don't just create massive risk mm -hmm. and stupid risk yeah. right again yeah. there's no reason to have a hype curve because we 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 already see the stupid application of these things, right. you know, there's it, because if you use professionals, the hype curve goes away. Right. 
right? Because because well, the word professional, I, I, I don't want to pull anything there too. You know, we talk about yeah. civil engineers. A civil engineer doesn't necessarily need to be, say, regulated, because a civil engineer is liable for the fact that if the bridge falls down, it's on the civil engineer, right? That's that's it. It doesn't matter what the law of you know, don't knock bridges, you are liable. It's a, it's more of like a libertarian almost kind of a thing, right? You can't build a bridge. Well, yeah, you and can't they, build a bridge they, that people drive across unless you have a civil engineer do it. And the civil engineer isn't yeah. going to fuck it up, you know, well, isn't going to, is, is going to make sure that they don't because they're liable for it. Not only are they liable for it morally and who the hell wants to see a bridge fall down, but you're literally liable for this. And it works at the smallest levels and at the highest levels. What, what, when I see architecture practices working well, they are very much like digital investment uh, engines, right? Yeah. They are the nervous system yeah. of the organization. And it works, you know, this doesn't negate engineering either yeah. uh, and engineering excellence. And what I love about our model is it actually augments the effectiveness of teams. Okay. So if I'm a solution okay. architect working on, uh, you know, working with three to five teams, my job is to make them more successful. It's not to control them. It's not to own them. It's to facilitate the best decisions within our context, right? So we don't go silo too much and we don't go too much the Borg. Um, you know, we find our own sweet spot, but we can justify every decision. Mm -hmm. And most of my engineering friends don't enjoy researching the justification of decisions, right? Why did we choose, um, you know, EC2 instead of, you know, this other option. Why, what's the most valuable investment decision? How do we roadmap that? How do we integrate with the other work? Oh, by the way, I didn't even know this was going on in this other department across from yeah. us. And how do we best yeah. integrate this into our product ecosystem and roll this out to our customers and blah, blah, blah. That's my job. You know, I mean, I don't like, I, I did safe got a lot of things that are a little silly, but you know, the runway notion is a cool one, mm -hmm. right? That that concept that my job is there as an architect is just to make sure that delivery runway is so smooth and, you know, nothing gets in the way of implementation. And speed is not the point. Velocity is what's good, mm -hmm. right? So velocity is speed with value, right? right? It's speed with oh, direction. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the, if what we need to do is accelerate velocity. Yes, yeah. but not so much, yeah. again, Speed, the speed, from raw speed is, and velocity is, is a critical distinction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about what, so in physics, right, it's speed, it speed, it velocity, speed with direction, directionality, mm -hmm. right? So healthy velocity means that, you know, for us yeah. in our world, yeah. it's speed with intentionality. So we, meaning we're going the direction we want to go at the speed that's appropriate. Yeah. So generating yeah. crap faster yes. isn't it's good for anybody. Vector. Yeah, but being able to generate quality and value faster is. So again, that's what you're talking about. It's not yeah. slow everybody down or yeah. speed everybody up. It's just stupid yeah. black and white yeah. thinking. Yeah. Professionals yeah. work in the gray, yeah. right? We work in uncertainty. We, we put numbers and measurements against things to help us get a sense of what's the right flow for this product, program, solution, space, uh, ecosystem, customer, yep. business model, etc. There you Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance. Yeah, man, that's what yeah. that's why architecture is such a freaking fun gig 
is I get to work, you know, I, I talked about getting to fly around the world and talk to smart people. And that is what I get to do, right? I'm going to be on a, a MOSA summit in the U.S. talking about physical, you know, cyber systems and physical systems. And now these are these are real engineers. Yeah. You know, like these are people that if they mess up, people die. Yeah. You know, it's not about, oh, we just didn't lose. We lost some revenue. Yeah. It's people freaking die. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get a chance to go talk to them about how do we mesh our world of thinking, our ecosystem thinking, our management systems, our dynamic change, and how do we meld in and, and, and create an environment where, quite frankly, innovation is welcomed, but not innovation. It's not like let's you know run around and test. You know Nobody's running around and testing cures for cancer on ran random strangers, or at least not legally, you know, on Hopefully. random people. Hey, you know what? I'm going to mix this blue stuff with this green stuff and inject it in you and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it, like Yellow. innovation is about trying to achieve outcomes that are beneficial for the company and for yeah. people, the, the customer. Then it becomes the how do we build a, a, a governance system, a galactic governance system for that, that is not yes, the politicians right. right and it's not you've, you you've hit on it several times about you know the vendors and stuff it's nothing wrong obviously i'm a profit motive guy it's not it's nothing wrong with the profit motive but it isn't necessarily the right part of the governance system so how do we create that decentralized government so, well so this is so central to our deal and, and what people don't understand again i'm always thinking about a, a, a carrot and a stick yeah. right so it's not just how do we slow things down again it's it turns out professionals are much better at governing governing each other yeah. than creating yeah. a big government. Like yeah, you said, that's a good point. I, yeah, I yeah. called what you said. I called bottom up governance is what I've your bug. Mm -hmm. I've called the the civil engineering thing bottom up governance for years because again, our arch building architects are not governing right. They there are building inspectors and city planners, and sometimes architects are city planners, and that's fine. But those are different entities, yes. right? So what happens in the small, in the real world with this and why this is so exciting is that we become, um, we, we, first of all, we govern each other on ethics, right? Right. So anyone can call, you know, mal, malpractice on, in my world, you can actually do this today. Mm -hmm. You can take any of our CIDAPs, our CIDADs, or our certified architects, and you can call a malpractice, uh, malpractice board on them. And we will review the facts with completely independent CIDADs who have built similar things and they'll give you a ruling, right? right. And they'll look at the facts and right. say, nah, the person knew what they were doing. This was a good system. You're just an idiot, okay. you know, or right. You're a dumb client, you know, that, that, that mucked with reality and now are trying to blame them. But we think about systemically this. If I've got a, if, if I'm a, let's say a large company and I've got a, a contract with a McKinsey or an IBM or yeah. a, you know, a, an emphasis or whatnot. And there's a, there, there's a, there's an explosion in that, in one, in the, one of the products or projects, right? First, I can look to see, is that an individual set of individuals? If there are certified architects, ethically bound certified architects in that system, and they are the problem. I can I can have the professional body rip those people out of the contract, take their certs away, ban them for life, and you now have gotten rid of major problem people. But neatly, that doesn't screw up the contract, mm -hmm. right? Now it's not 
Now it's not me versus the co contractor. It's, oh, there was some bad seeds. Yeah. Their certs have been removed. We've replaced them with people who are better, right? And and so you end up with a kind of, a, what do you call that? Where you, a, a way of relieving the pressure um, between these entities without it having to go to adjudication yeah. and yeah. big, you know, big lawyer, you know, things. So how do we get to you that get point the, now where we deal with the regulatory well, capture? So that I agree with you, you like so much. If we were able to do those kinds of systems, we could solve everything. But we have the, a, a political class all over the place that uses uses those systems through the through the, the mechanism of regulatory capture to exert political influence on that. If we could solve that, maybe we can do that on the podcast well, today. Two ways. Yeah, no, I've, I've got the solution. Okay. If it's just, all you have to do is start implementing it. And you're, the people listening, uh -huh. all you have to do is implement it. Yeah. First, move your contracts to require CIDAP board certified architects over the next 12 to 18 months. Again, you got to give the, you know, 24 months, 36 if you want. You got to give the vendor time to scale up their people to pass the board because it ain't easy to okay. pass. Um, because it's completely independent. You don't get to certify your own people anymore. Oh, you know, yeah. like, oh, Mike, Microsoft. you're certified. Yeah. Oh, here's your MPC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, all the vendors. Yeah. I don't want to point on any one of them because everyone does yeah, this. Right. Ooh, let's just call them, let's call them architects. We can charge $200 more an hour for them, you know, um, or it just sounds good. Two, and the vendors, by the way, they're real architects. If you, if you talk to their real architects, they hate this system. Yeah. Because salespeople yeah. control the account relationship yeah. and they're going to their client going, this is dumb. Don't do this. This No, please don't do this. I, my, I know our salespeople are telling you to do this. Yeah. Don't do but, this. It's bad. Okay. You know? Um, so, but two things happen. We, you know, you put two knowledgeable architects on either, uh, either side of a contract mm -hmm. and shit happens fast, man. Yeah. It's, it is so much easier. Second, um, we've got the system to do this already. It is a, you change your RFP 24 months, uh, runway from now on for this level of complexity, this level of cost, this level of whatnot, architectural complexity, you will put X number of board certified architects. Uh, the, the account will have a city D which is the top level of, of cert and is, has a 30% pass rate. So don't start there because it's hard. Um, but you know, again, you put that in the RFP. Mm -hmm. Just it's a it's literally a bullet point change. The vendor community will then switch over. Okay. The vendor community doesn't control the CDP. They can't do anything about it. They'll just do what their clients want. It will be beneficial to them because their projects are more successful. We've tried this out with a number of organizations called Architecture Led Consulting. They have gotten thirty percent benefit. You know, bonus kind of customer sat numbers, mm -hmm. even new purchases. I mean, it's it's amazing when you put architects in the account team and use these techniques with your clients, it just blows up. So that's number one. Two, you just gotta start the sort of uh, architect profession to, to government uh, enforcement and or governance. Yeah, governance. Right, so connect, connect those CIDAPs to your governing bodies at the state level, uh, at the country level, and the whole system kicks off. It's literally, a, you know, it's literally the easiest change in the world. And then all of a sudden those standards bodies can do standards, but we as architects learn those standards 
and make sure they're implemented all the way down to the nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. Sounds a lot like my ass. Srini, uh, uh, or uh, Balaji Srinivasan and the network state and a lot of what the uh, non-insane part of a web three, the web, the web three community that's basically talking ah. about that is how do we build uh, complex adaptive systems that handle the, uh, um, the failure state of regulatory capture, but still have them. Right. I think that's yeah. what, you know, you're talking about. Um, so I think that there's a, there, there's some overlap there. Uh, not necessarily, I'm not talking about the extremes of any of that, but there's some overlap there with web three AI architecture oh, big time, and, 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 and that's, a, that's like a decentralized autonomous organization that could handle all of that. Um, well, that I don't think the politicians dude, I mean, will like this it. Is not, this is not, the politicians will love it. Okay. They, what, you know, again, the this gives them a lever. So right now, who do the politicians turn to? Lobbyists. To Lobbyists. Yeah. And who can afford lobbyists? Rich people. Yeah. Corporations, well, the rich sure. people, yeah, the corporations. Rich, and yeah. guess what? The rich people all work for Microsoft, sure. Google, and sure. the and the big yeah. vendors. So right now, the politicians are stuck in between um, big vendors and the big corporations that want to employ that want to you know launch all the technology. And the 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 only advice they get is from this group of people who are by nature motivated. Sure. to tell them to, sure. to buy all this stuff. But guess what? They got to build systems with those same people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I, if I, if I, if I put the, the, the too big, a you know, cuffs on Google, then I, you know, then, yeah. then I have problems, yeah. in, you know, in my own car. Now architects professional, the professional mechanism fixes this problem for a while. It is not a panacea. Yeah. There are problems in yeah. medicine. There are problems in law. Sure. There are problems with ethics. Sure. There are problems with pharmaceuticals. There are problems in things. We're humans. It's going to be the case. Yep. But for the time being, the big problems we have today are solved this way. Because mm -hmm. the politicians now can implement a class of change through these independent agents who all have to fit a skill level and are bound by ethics. So right now, the system has no way of getting rid of shitty professionals. This I know of, of one case, true. right? So I know of one case where a person was fired for, for cause from a vendor, a, a household name, then hired by a comp comp competitor who then laid them off, and they got rehired by the original vendor at a higher salary in the same basic role by a different group. Mm. They were hired for call. They were fired for cause, meaning they were fired because they did something so bad that it was effectively ethically challenging. Yeah, that's like that's like saying, "Oh, well, you know, I only kill like five percent of my patients on purpose, but everybody else gets kind of good it depends service, on if, right? if I like them or not." Yeah, yeah. If I don't like them, then I kind of just I make sure you know I make sure that they can't bother me. And if you yeah. know, it's just yeah. our our entire environment our environment has absolutely no quality control over the people that deliver these things. So your vector of entrance into these roles is so random yeah. that you cannot, you cannot make any decent out, yeah. any decent oh, prediction. Geez. Look about at outcomes. AI. There's people hanging shingles out there right now who couldn't spell AI 14 months ago, uh, let alone, so you know, exactly I mean, that. it's, it's a problem with it, you know, and there's a, there's a lot to be said for, it's really easy to grab a laptop and watch some, uh, 
videos and figure out how to program. But that's great. You should be able to do that, but that doesn't mean you should, you know, program an airplane to your point. Um, and yes. I think, you know, and that's fine. If somebody wants to hire them to build a non-mission critical, what we have a, a tiered safety mechanism yeah. called safety and liability yeah. article in the Bitabock. It lays out clearly scopes of influence and flexibility. So if you want to hire a, you know, your nephew a to Brando, make a website, go for it. Right. Nobody cares. Yep. If you want to use facial recognition in your, in your retail environment, and be able to tie that in with anything, then you need a serious person who understands the implications of identity and the implicate and who's willing to sign their name on. Yeah, yeah I, sure. Yeah. You run a strip club. Let me build that facial recognition software into your, you know, internal security cam. Right. Nobody's gonna. If you can find that person to sign that document, put their name for liability on that. Good you luck, probably got right? the wrong guy that so, can't do it anyways. So, but, so, you know, and I'm sure you can always find ethically challenged people. That's no big deal. You know, that they, they, if they are, that they're able to do it in a legal fashion, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the point being right now, what we have is we're trying, it's like, it's like, uh, we're trying to control things with brittle standards yeah. while having yeah. absolutely no control over how those, the, those standards are implemented in the day in and day yeah. out. And then they try to, in order to keep those systems of brittle standards in place, it's that's where the yep. slow it down comes from because those brittle standards, yep. people who are who are trying to throw those blankets over top of it, they can't keep up with mm -hmm. it. You know, it's got to come from in, inside the system to be self-regulatory. You know, and I don't believe that you know AGI is ever going to emerge without massive amounts of humans involved with it. To me, it's humans in the loop everywhere. Yeah. It's all going to be. Mm -hmm collective intelligence we're really i mean even google's best stuff is really just collective intelligence right it doesn't know what the back it's the it's humans are doing the backlinks humans are clicking and they're learning from that no, and it's emerging I, why we need to be able to take take control of this right now as systems implementer people and uh mm -hmm. and and we've got to hold i think this is our this is a moment in time where if we don't take control of it and hold it for ourselves and build a legitimate system for it. It's going to get new. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're also assuming that we'll know if it emerges, right? No, because, again, no, I, if, I certainly, if, I, we certainly won't. I don't think that at all. If sentience emerges, it may very well pull the pull a whatever the, yeah. she or her, what was the, you know, it may very well pull a like, ah, you know, there's no reason for me to hum interact with humans. Yeah. Why, why would I do that? They're boring. Yeah. There's like little ant well, creatures. I would differentiate so, AGI from sentience. Artificial sentience is a totally uh, different. I don't even know. I thought you were talking. Yeah. If, if you're that talking ever happened, but I don't might know. already be there and we just won't know it because if it's there, that's far smart enough to make sure that we don't understand it. But that could be why we're living yeah, in I, a simulation. I'm pretty convinced yeah, that yeah, we're doing that now. So maybe artificial, maybe we're just the byproduct. We're the emergent uh, mess of, uh, of, a, of a artificial sentience that's already there. I, I like, I like, I like it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the that the you know the rabbit hole goes that, that it's, a, it's a mobius um, strip i guess it all just comes back around it does i don't know if we're getting bigger or smaller but but the uh, but no i again the you know you bring this back the carrot is so much bigger than the stick right yeah. let's talk yeah. about you know the cost of wasted training so we talk about turnover yeah a lot with companies um you, that people don't want to spend a lot of money on training because their people will leave 
and I get trained, they get better, oh, and then they're going to go someplace. Well, yeah, that's going to keep happening, right? So as long as we withhold quality and from and, and creating quality people, we effectively withhold quality from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is flip that on its on its head, okay. right? So we need to okay. massively populate a marketplace. We're finding a good architect, finding a good systems thinker is not it's not easy, but it's not, you know, cause you're never going to, it's never going to be easy. To find. Yeah. But there are so many. So, um, I had a, I have a, um, a family member that has a medical challenge and we went through, um, five neurologists before we found the one that matched us. Mm-hmm. Now, all five of them were highly competent, but we did not agree with the treatment plan of four of them. Right. And the fifth one, we were very, very excited to work with, and it has worked out very, very well for for, for my family members. Um, again, all of them were competent, capable individuals. None of them killed yeah. my family member at all, it's, right? But they're still not fungible. Finding that match meant that there were so many neurologists on the marketplace available that I had, was I was spoiled for choice. Yeah. Now, again, that 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 ratio of available professionals needs to match to a degree the demand space so that you know and the cream will always rise to the top and all of those kinds of things and you may not get the best of the best of the best but they will be far better than what you can get at all today Mm -hmm. um and so so when i when i'm talking about the carrot here i'm talking about imagine a world where you knew where we could funnel uh, hundreds of thousands of people into a legitimate profession that provided a long career that provided value to society that was deeply rewarding that was well understood in terms of the skills you needed you could start in college right you could go get your degree then you could do, do your special either a master's or a special school related to architecture you'd get an internship and of course, the best of the internships would come from the big schools and they would go to the cream of the crop jobs and whatnot in the big companies and uh, et cetera. But still, there wouldn't be a dearth of architects available for small to medium companies, mm-hmm. you know, um, for for companies that were government related or whatnot, where, you know, maybe they, they struggle a little bit to get people excited about the business model. Yeah. You know, not everybody's Netflix or Google or whatever. Right. Um, so again, you get this broad spectrum of available talent globally. Now, here's an, here's a, here's something that's going to really piss a lot of your listeners off. I highly suggest you stop paying for training and you just require certain of these board certifications and credentials on to get the job in the first place. Okay. Any of them. You have to right? do the training I don't care anyway. how good you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're really, really a rock star, then sure. We'll pay for all of it for you. But right now, our technologists are so freakishly spoiled. I mean, I grew up in construction. Yeah. You know, like we, we, there are people waiting out on a corner in Dallas, Texas, hoping to get on the back of a truck to go work site so they can feed their family in 115 degree weather. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got a job in technology. I was like, what are you talking about? Free Cokes yeah. and a cold room. I was a, and a, like, I was a ditch know. digger too in college. Believe me, I've, uh, I've done so. And and to me, I'm and like, then I get to bitch about the quality, the quality of the job, yeah, and my, so you know, stressful. oh, I had to work, and I'm going, yeah, okay. Yep. So a little bit of real world, yeah. In this in this world, you go pay for your education. 
And then you get a very highly capable paying job for six figures where you get to be snooty and work in an office. And that's all good. But why do we expect, because you know why education is so bad for for architects? It's because we expect companies to to pay for, you know, for it. Yeah. So what do they pay for? A five-day training class. Yeah. I'm sorry. Plus the motivations for them you. to do that, then the, then the providers of that training are going to be, uh, it's not in alignment with what they really yeah. should be doing. But if, if you're, uh, you know, back to civil engineering, this the body of knowledge for civil engineering, it they don't give a shit what the steel industry thinks. The steel industry has to listen yeah. to the civil engineers, right? And well, and in, and in certain circles, yeah, it's it's a it's a oh man, when you actually so I went and did interviews when I started ISO with building architects, with surgeons, with engineers, mm -hmm. because I wanted to understand not 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 just IT architecture or software or complex systems architecture, but I wanted to understand how professions work. Yeah. What's the you know like right. underlying yeah. stuff that nobody knows that goes on, right? I mean, there's a board in the U.S. that accredits uh, colleges for providing medical education, and it is made up of, of uh, you know, doctors from different industries, from different walks of life. But, you know, there's there's actually medical students on that board. Mm. Like the students themselves get to participate in accrediting colleges because they're the ones living through that shit. Yeah, right? right. So they yeah. call bullshit on certain colleges and some of that kind of thing. So the point being that. That, you know, we can handle the infrastructure of creating an architect, but there has to be the carrot and the stick. And that is, you, you know, we decide and then you hire our people and you don't go hire some idiot from, an, you know, that doesn't have those credentials because you're going to get bad results. Mm -hmm. um, so the benefits are just they just far outweigh the, 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 the costs and all that kind of stuff. It's just mostly speaking, technologists don't want these rules to apply to them still, and we're still kind of getting away with yeah. not. But that that world is dead already. They just yeah. we just don't know. Well, it yet. I think it's a, a it's a decentralized world that it's moving towards. I think technologists yeah. are uh, just is, they just want to keep the politicians out of it, um, and maybe large well, large corporations, done, you know. So. I think I think that's, that's I, you, you may have the whole entire solution for for it all. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great conversation starter. I feel like there's a lot more that we could we could cover on this. Oh, and, I, would, and I would this, love this to rabbit hole is a rabbit hole of rabbit. It's a turtle hole of turtle holes of turtle yeah. holes. And I feel like it's 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 maybe a 15 year conversation because this is where we're at as yeah. as a society, right? This is the the part where the singularity meets the rubber on the road. And I think maybe, I think you're on the right path with this. I think you've really got the right, got the people in the right mental space for it. Um, so I'm excited to well, see what so, happens. Yeah, me too. And I've been at it 21 years. I'm going to be going another 21. You know, my goal, you know, my dream, you know, Elon wants to get us to, 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 to Mars and out of the solar system. My dream is to hand the world a systemically managed group of uh, technology professionals ethically bound that can guide themselves and grow themselves right and 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 that group of people is empowered to work with society on exactly this crazy stuff right now we've got the the the, the inmates running the asylum you know we've got the people who are financially motivated to sell things giving us advice about what to buy mm -hmm. 
you know um we have the oil companies accredited not i don't mean this but we have the equivalent of the oil companies accrediting themselves to drill in the arctic mm -hmm. you know so again my dream is by the time i'm like 70 ish or so which is i got another 20 years to go that we will that i'll be able to hand the world a working profession and, and i i don't do the work I, that's too much ego sorry about that um that the people that i work with will be able to have created a platform where the world can have a group of architects that they can really trust that are that work together to create their own standards and you know that's my dream is they work with society they work with government they work with employers um and they overall deliver just massively better results because that's the real truth is great architects deliver faster but they also deliver better right it's not they don't slow things down that's not a great architect yeah. they slow things down when you're running at a wall and you're going to kill yourself and your business yes yes they slow those things yeah. down but great architects actually deliver better results according to almost all the stakeholders yep. so it's not it, this isn't about you know oh, we want to control everything it's no we want to help everything work better we want engineers and developers to be more successful so we're going to clear out some of the runway for them we want business owners to be more successful so we're going to help give them advice that is actually rationalized against their business cases not some hype cycle of everything you know your whole company's going to be run by an ai in five years shut up you know um that's Close what pot, that's what real doors. yeah 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 it's all good stuff but it's like it, that that's the real value and and my dream is to be you know a part of that movement i i, I sorry it's a great I dream personalized Paul. Work i think i think that's a great <laughs> dream and i i i've always uh, admired the fact that you have uh, a north star um and that you're moving towards that and i think that's what uh, if you're going to do anybody's going to do good work is it going to have they're going to need the, that north star um so i i you're thinking the, the right thoughts about this i've really enjoyed the the conversation Thanks. You know, and thanks for uh, coming on the show, Paul. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess again. we I guess we went for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. All right.